HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This week on Meet and 3, we bring you a sensational episode where each story hones in on one of the four senses that accompanies taste. Many of the smells that we uh, encounter in everyday life actually exist out there in the cosmos. Food carries all these culturally specific meanings. The fact that, you know, when you see an apple, it's not just an apple, right? I was mostly interested in thinking about what knobs ASMR was pulling on, maybe, or how we could explain it from a psychological or emotional or evolutionary standpoint. Tune in to Meet and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. There's nothing like traveling the back roads of rural Mexico except for maybe having those back roads come to you. This episode of Agave Road Trip is brought to you by Maguey Melate, which does exactly that. Stick around after this episode to find out how you can tour the rustic palenques right from your home. But for now, strap yourself in for another episode of Agave Road Trip. This is Lou Bank. This is Chava Perivan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the podcast that teaches gringo bartenders about agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. And this is our third attempt to talk about how to drink mezcal. And I'm going to put some rules on this episode so we can finish it up. <laughs> and I think we should answer just one question that will keep us entertained for at least 12 minutes for sure. Yeah. Is... Do I drink my agave spirits neat or do I add anything to them? Is there anything you can add to them or that should add to them? Because, you know, like in really fancy whiskey places, Mm -hmm. they will, of course, never throw ice into the whiskey, but they will suggest that you throw some few droplets of water to open some of the flavors and some of the aromas. Does that happen in agave spirits? Have you seen something like that? Uh, I saw it once. I was doing a leading a um, an agave spirits tasting at the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society in Edinburgh. So I was surrounded by all of these Scotch geeks, and I just by happenstance uh, we were we were flying to uh, a friend's wedding in Edinburgh, um, and originally it was scheduled for Mexico City, and they moved it. Because she's she's uh, from Mexico City, he's from Edinburgh. Um, they moved it, but I already had the tickets, so I ended up flying from Mexico City to Edinburgh. So I flew over with the agave spirits, and I 
picked up some of the spring water from one of the towns where I was bringing spirits, right? Hmm. Um, so that I could give them that. Because like if you're drinking scotch and they add the water, like the thing you want is the water from the same community oh. where the spirits were made, right? You get that? I did not I did not know that. Thanks for enlightening. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely not the rule, but it is the ideal. So, so they were all using their little eye droplets with the spring water, which cracked me up, right? Because people talk about, oh, in Mexico, don't drink the water. And here, <laughs> here they were just, uh, right? And, 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 you know, I don't, I don't, want to suggest that uh, they were wrong like these people knew more about fermentation and distillation than i do it was it was fascinating it was the best group i've ever um presented to but they were they were putting it in and they were loving it and talking about the changes in fact and and loving mm. that they could taste the spirit and then separately taste the water and they could taste how the water had affected the spirit well yeah it has happened to you it has happened to me i think definitely the water made a big difference oh it has to yeah, 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 and I and I've tried same agave species, same pro, almost same process, and just with different types of water. In Sombra, we used to do that. We went to great lengths to just find the best kind of water that'll give a, a good flavor profile. Because let's remember, agave spirits is just eth well, mainly <laughs> ethanol and water. At least well, half of it is water. Well, you know, so so okay, so this actually I think is a way that I can transition us <laughs> into the thing we've been trying to talk about for for now this is the third episode uh, which is how to drink these spirits. So when when I present to a group, um the first thing I make them do is to taste in a very specific way. Mm. And um and what I ask them to do first is to smell out of their their cup or their copita or whatever they're serving in, uh, and then to put a little bit into their palms or their hands to smell it in a different way, to, to, to start to understand, once you evaporate some of that alcohol, what the roasted sugars smell like, right? Well, yes, because the smell of agave is not something people have in their minds. Right. It's exactly right. It's something that it's not existent in in the United States, at least. Yeah, you need to open up your um, your 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 God. What would you even call that? Like your nasal palate? Is there a nasal palate? Well, there's some uh, food <laughs> anthropologists that say that it's almost like learning how to read and write. Oh, that uh, how, how do you say literacy? Yeah. Literacy is yeah. the word in in English. Yeah. So as you learn new words in a new language. It's the same with food and flavors and smells. Ah, the languages, the flavors, and the, the aromas. Yeah. So, so I have them do that smell, right? And then the first thing I have them do is just stick their tongue into the uh, the liquid. You're not even sipping it. You're just sticking your tongue in and then rubbing <laughs> what's on your tongue on the roof. Oh, don't you mock me. Rubbing what's on your tongue uh, on the roof of your mouth and behind your teeth in a way to clear your palate. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because you need something to clean. Oh, I, <laughs> oh, I get look, it. You stop I just love the image okay. of you in a fancy restaurant of making people do that. But it's it's cool. It's yes. cool. <laughs> yes. And so then the second thing I asked them to do, and now we're going to circle back to what you had said. The second thing I asked them to do is to take the smallest sip they've ever taken of anything, almost like a half a sip, and hold it on their tongue to the count of five, right? At which point I start talking about why I want them to do that. And the why of it is... Um, because it's not just ethanol and water. You know, it, all alcohol starts life as sugar, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And the sugar source that's used to make wine comes from grapes, and those grapes take a maximum of four months to reach maturity. And you compare that to the agave, where it's 
let's say at the very minimum three years, very minimum. And most of it's going to be like six, eight, maybe even 10 years, right? Yeah. And there's no difference really from one sugar source to the next. It's all like basically chemically sugar. And yeah, man, but it's fructose, yes? Well, no, but there's a lot of different, like what what gives the different flavors to each spirit or alcohol are the other tiny little traces of stuff. Yeah. That's exactly my point, right? Otherwise, there would just be wine. There wouldn't be wine from different grape varietals because even those grapes have different, from grape to grape, have these different molecular elements that create aromas and flavors. Absolutely right. So, you know, so, so I tell people to hold that drop on their tongue to the count of five to introduce their palates to these different flavors. You know, we, we talk mm. a lot about, well, we talk, gringos talk a lot about, <laughs> um, I want a smooth whiskey. I want a smooth mezcal. And I've never understood the obsession with smoothness. Oh, I, I do. I want something that has nails and teeth. I want something that is... I'm, I'm with you, but the vast majority of the consuming public doesn't. The vast majority of the consuming public mm. wants something simple mm. that they can understand. They want pop music, right? They don't want classical music. They want pop music. There's some really beautiful complex pop music, but okay, I get your point. I get your point. <laughs> Thank you. So, so, you know, I say like, you're, you're just not used to that complexity. You have to introduce your palate to it. This is how you do it. And then I tell them now take a third sip and take it just like that second sip. That's the only way that I drink this stuff is tiny sips held on the tongue mm. for a however long I feel like I need to, depending on the spirit. And the smaller the sip, the bigger the taste, the bigger the flavor. And the more you drink this stuff, the more your palate recognizes all of these different uh, flavors and the more you'll come to appreciate them. I absolutely think so. And I have a question for you, though. Do you ever wash your mouth with the spirit? Yeah. Like, do you make weird sounds? Like, you know, as a coffee barista will do when they're trying... Because I got... Mm-hmm. I love espresso, and I got into the habit. You're doing of, the slurp, the slurp. You know, my, <laughs> could you, you know, just could you like, do me a favor? Could you do that one more time, but with your mouth right up to the mic? No, because our sound <laughs> engineer is gonna kill me. I I can already I can already hear him saying like never do. You should the- at least apologize to him by name. Roy Sierra, I am very sorry for the sounds that I'm making. Okay, now well, go ahead and talk about the slurp. And I got into the habit of doing that. And then I started doing that with agave spirits because I thought that spraying them around my mouth will allow me to just break them up in tiny little droplets and have more interesting flavors. And it does work sometimes, I've realized, like in some expressions better than others. But there's a big danger about doing that. What's the danger? Well, sometimes you're drinking really high ABB expressions. And it's hard to really hit the same spot when uh, you're slurping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And more than once, I've been covering the face of the person in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> once again, nothing you want to do in the time of coronavirus. <laughs> nothing you want to do, no. So that's a little technique that I have. Something also that I tried out because uh, I was doing some tasting in Philadelphia. Yeah. And I forgot that Americans are not so used. I, I, I wouldn't say all Americans, but young Americans are not so used at drinking neat spirits. <laughs> I, I, I had forgotten that. I just want to make sure that you reference that you were in Philadelphia. Yes, Philadelphia. And and you were you were helping young Americans to drink these spirits. Now you can go on. That was a David Bowie tip. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. Thanks, Lou. So anyway, I, I, I was finding a lot, like for me, that was stunning. I was finding a lot of resistance of people to drink alcohol 
I have never found that in my life before. So I can't. It's not a resistance to drink alcohol. It's a resistance to drink it neat. That's just not our culture. Yeah, but in my mind, it's the same thing. Anyway, like <laughs> I, I was just, I was dumb, like dumb funded. Oh, you, I'm sorry. You're getting to a point, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I am. I am. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. A point is coming. So what I did is I got an atomizer, like a perfume atomizer. Yeah, yeah. And I just started spraying agave spirits on people's mouths. Nice. And? And that was like a tiny little access to the spirit that was not that aggressive and you know it's like an invitation and i think it worked yeah. well but you know I, I, the, so i the the diversions i was going to make though i'm glad i uh, that you stopped me because that is a atomizer i like that um and it reminds me of a story about when i was on master chef but we'll tell that in a different episode um you know I, it brings me to the fact that most americans when they are drinking spirits drink them in cocktails. And, you know, for the longest time, I was one of these, these agave geeks who was outraged by that idea that you would take this beautiful handmade spirit uh, and then you would adulterate it with, uh, with orange juice. Um, so you only eat raw vegetables, right, Lou? Exactly. <laughs> that is all I do. Uh, a raw meat, and you never process any of your of the uh, ingredients that you get. The, the argument that I would have had is that the uh, the amount of time, effort, and expertise that went into that piece of cauliflower, that that head of cauliflower, is not even close to what went into making the agave spirit. And and while I personally uh, prefer to drink it neat, you know, I'm I'm, I'm realizing that. You got to meet people where they are. And there's nothing wrong with somebody who loves a cocktail having a mezcal cocktail. And and if they want to make their cocktail with the most expensive uh, agave spirit they can find, I... I, I as, as, as long as uh, as long as they're paying for it, I, I don't see why they shouldn't be allowed to do that. Yeah, but it also comes to my mind, I think of it as an ambassador kind of situation. How do you mean? So usually you don't you don't choose an as an ambassador of a country unless you're like I mean, there's exceptions to it, but you usually choose as an ambassador someone that looks nice and gentle and that is not gonna make the other country get very nervous, right? So that's how a lot of the diplomacy <laughs> has been built during the years. So I think the cocktail is a great ambassador to bring agave oh, spirits. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to go the, I thought you were headed the oh, opposite no, no, direction. No, no. I was going to use margarita. Margarita has been the best ambassador for Mexico until tacos, <laughs> until we started understanding that tacos weren't just these Ortega hard shell things. And not only that, like when I was in New York, I went to existing conditions and I had arguably the best cocktail with an agave spirit that I've ever had. And it really surprised me because it intro like it sort of remixed something that I knew very well mm -hmm. with a different identity. And I think that's really interesting huh. that people in America, you know, appropriation is usually said as a bad thing. Yeah. They're appropriating the culture and everybody gets outraged. I actually <laughs> celebrate that. I think it's amazing if you can get something that comes from rural Mexico and filter it through the imagination of a group of people that has nothing to do with that. And the end result can be extremely exciting and nice and you know, full of flavor. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, let's let's get out of this episode because we're just a bit over, um, and we're going to get yelled at by by Roy and Jason, <laughs> um, and then head into the next episode. Hey, Chava, it's been great drinking with you. It's always great. Adios. <laughs> this episode of Agave Road Trip was brought to you by Magay Milate and. 
And I want to thank my game a latte, but not so much for supporting us, Chava, though I'm, you know, I'm grateful for that. Of course you are. Yeah. But, you know, but I really, I want to thank them for support for what they do, which is supporting these small communities where they make heritage agave spirits throughout Mexico. So wait, how do they do it differently than other people? Because I think every every brand that is buying agave spirits from the communities is supporting them. But what are they doing differently that you really like about them? Yeah, fair enough. So, uh, you know, number one, what they're doing is they're sourcing spirits directly from the men and women who make them. Tiny, tiny, small batches. Not, um, not... And there's nothing wrong with the big stuff, but these tiny, small batches is where the magic is, at least for me. And uh, mm-hmm. and so they're, they're sourcing directly. They're getting the stuff in the exact same form in which uh, you would consume it if you lived in the community where it was made. You mean if I'm in the community and they invite me to a wedding and people are going crazy, they're drinking beautiful agave spirits, that's the same spirit I'm getting into my house? Yeah, exactly. You're getting it in your house. Oh, Lord. Every, right? And, and it's coming directly back to you from Magay Malate. It's a subscription service. You know, like you go to you go to any liquor store, you're not going to find Magay Malate on the shelves. It's a subscription. And every other month, this box shows up with two 375 milliliter bottles. That's like half of the normal bottle size that you see. This box has two different expressions, 375 milliliters of each by different producers that show you insights into some specific community in Oaxaca. Oh, that's lovely. Or some specific community in Mexico. It doesn't have to be Oaxaca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And wait, how do I sign up for this? How do I get those spirits to my house? Okay, so so you're already sold. Look at you. You're yeah, like, yeah, you're, I'm like a, yeah. I have a credit card which doesn't have a lot of money. It's better for scratching my back, but <laughs> I'm still going to use it. So so if, if what you want is to receive this box every other month of two beautiful bottles of Heritage Agave Spirits, you you go to their website, magaymalate.com. Nobody can spell that. And you're probably jogging or driving or on your bike right now. So... So Chava, how do we how do we get them to the website? Well, just put it. We'll put a link in our website, in our Instagram, in our Facebook, every digital medium we have, so people can link there and get to Maggie Melate. Beautiful, and you know, and what you're going to find besides you know the subscription and and getting to sign up and getting those bottles at your home, what you're going to find at that website is all of the material they produce for each of these. Each of these men and women who make these spirits, and it's it's really remarkable to me, Chava, that they've spent so much time and so much money doing these profiles for these producers that they put on their website and then they give you a map so you can go find that producer. They give you the phone number so you can call that producer and buy more spirits directly from them. And all they're ever doing generally is buying one lot from that producer that's an insane business model i have no idea how they make money well i you know i know i I know dalton well enough to know that he's in this to make some money but i also know that he's in it primarily to try and improve the lives of these men and women who are making these spirits to try and ensure that in this this you know this economy that we live in where everything seems to be how do you get something cheaper and faster um he wants to see these communities thrive and that's his business model. Okay. I mean, like, very uncommon. Love it. Yeah. So if you want to be part of Magay Malate and you want to help these these small communities remain small and do what they're doing the way they've been doing it for hundreds of years, go to magaymalate.com and sign up for a subscription. Awesome. Hang on, road trippers. We're not done yet. We've got an episode of Chava and Lou's Chat Fest coming up.
This is Chava and Lou's Chat Fest. We're here to chat you up. Chava, what's up? Hey there, Lou. How you doing? I'm good. Any chance you have to go to the bathroom, Chava? Uh, not right now, no, but I think you were going to help me out with something or other. No, 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 no. no not going to help you out. This well, is, no, no, okay, no. So, like, I, 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 I want you to help me out. Maybe, like, I express myself. Yeah, wrong, that but, gets a little weird. Yeah. Chava, you go into the bathroom alone. You don't need my help. You're a big boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for a while, I've been doing that alone. But I think you were going to give me a tutorial or something. Not a tutorial. No. So here's the thing. My friend Kim in Portland, Oregon, my friend Kim moved to Portland uh, uh, for nursing school. And in nursing school, like, one of the first weeks, she had this icebreaker with her fellow nursing students. And uh, mm -hmm. the icebreaker involved, and this blew me away when she told me afterwards, involved asking people how they like to use their toilet paper when they go to the bathroom. And I, like, I didn't realize there were options, right? This is one of those things, because you're alone in the bathroom. Yeah. You had time in the bathroom with your mom when you were a little kid, and then you're on your own, and you assume, or at least I assumed, and I think most people assume, that what you're doing is what everybody does, but it's not Chava. So the, the question among the group was, do you fold or do you bunch your toilet paper before you use it? You fold it. Who the hell bunches it? See, this is just the thing. In fact, <laughs> it turns out, and this is very unscientific, but in most of the, these these Q&As where they're asking people, it, it turns out most people actually bunch. And and the truth is, like, you, if you ask either side, well, why, why, why do you bunch? Like, everybody says the exact same thing. It's like, I don't want to get poo on my hands. And the only way to not get poo on my hands is X. Either, like, the, the person who folds says, the only way to not get poo on my hands is to fold the toilet paper. And the person who bunches says it's to bunch. And then, and then, there is that rare creature who mummifies uh, their hand. Literally wraps yeah. the hand <laughs> in the toilet paper all the way around. Well, maybe that's very Muslim in a way. Like, that. that's like the... <laughs> the like... <laughs> <laughs> this is sure this is just a descendants of the the mummies i get that but here's like so so that like that single question blew me away and for months it's all i could think about and i would i started asking people that and then and then i like it, it started bouncing around in my brain as uh, bathroom things tend to as you know <laughs> yeah. um and it, it made me come up with another question because my entire life I have been using my my um, non-dominant hand to wipe my ass. You're not, okay. And I just, right, I'm right-handed and I use my left hand and I thought, well, everybody must do that, right? Like it's a thing that's left over from the time before we had toilet paper and it's just been handed down from generation to generation. This is that multi-generational <laughs> wisdom that we talk about. <laughs> so then the next question is, do you use your dominant or non-dominant hand? I'm I'm really trying to recreate the action in my mind right now. Don't, don't do it in your mind. Nobody can see you except me. Just go ahead and pretend you're wiping your ass. No, I use my dominant hand. Yeah, like you you have more, you use your dominant. Yeah, you ha you have more skill now. Now, so, th therefore, therefore, you cannot make as many mistakes as you could if you were using your non-dominant hand, right? Uh, it's a theory, but I, I'll tell you, I actually, I use my non-dominant because I find that um, it's just as skilled as my dominant hand. Um, <laughs> and if something gets on it, I really want it to be on my non-dominant hand. Okay. okay like, I, I, I get that. Even, even though you, like, as we've learned with the coronavirus, you tend to charge a lot of things with your hands that you're not thinking about. 
but uh but still okay <laughs> but but now here's the thing like i thought that was like it there was no other question and then one day i'm driving around with my friend jim mclaughlin jambo mclaughlin um and and he's talking about uh potty training his son oh wait or was it sean Co- it might have been sean cox might have been sean cox one of my two friends anyway uh, uh, potty training the son and talked about moving the testicles out of the way to wipe and i'm like whoa 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 whoa. hang on a second are you telling me that you take like a center landing to wipe your ass like coming in from the center because for me it's it's on the side and it's always been on the side which made me realize there's also this other thing where some people wipe front and some people side. And I think I think there's a fe- male-female difference thing. Like there's a front-to-back thing with females because of yeast infections that doesn't really hit my radar yeah. at all. Okay, so I think the big and relevant question to this is, do you think this changes the lives of people in some way or another? Like I that- think I, I don't. <laughs> I don't think it has any pertinence whatsoever except to illuminate for us like these things that we do on a hopefully daily basis <laughs> that we make we make assumptions that everybody does things the same way and it you know it's i mean i i don't want to try and tie it up in a neat bow to go back to to agave spirits and how you travel around <laughs> and one guy like, does x with his fermentation and you assume but but it's that in a way I think I think I think we're over with this, Lou. I, I'm very scared if you come up with a new question during the episode. So I think we're gonna <laughs> I think we're gonna close this right away. Fair enough. Thanks for <laughs> chatting with me, Chava. I'll catch you next episode. Thanks, Lou. Adios. Yes. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lou Bank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.